repeated. Let's uh, turn in your Bibles, first of all, several openings. Uh, this first one might be a tough one for you, Habakkuk. Let's go to Habakkuk. That's in the Old Testament. We preached from that last week. Based on the turbulent things that were, was going on there, you know, in, uh, in Judah. And many similarities between that and what we see going on in our country. And Habakkuk, who was a, a man who lived in the Old Testament, he was a, a prophet, a man of God, you know. And he, the Holy Spirit used him to write the book of Habakkuk. And, and he was, Habakkuk was kind of beside himself as we went through all that last week. And he didn't know, you know, really what, what to do. And he was concerned about all that was going on. And he had went to the Lord and talked to the Lord about it. And, and among other things, among other things... The Lord said in Habakkuk 2 verse 4, the Lord said to him, at the end of that verse, said that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now think about that. Habakkuk was facing similar things to what we're looking at here in this nation. And the Lord told him, the just shall live by faith. And if you look at Galatians 3 verse 11... Because that's not the only time the Lord brought this up. He brought it up three other times in the New Testament. So it's pretty important. You know, when I was teaching school, I told the students, anytime I repeat things and say things to you two or three times, you can pretty well be assured it's going to show up on the test. And so when the Lord starts repeating it, now, you know, if the Lord says something one time, it's important. But if he says something two, three times, we need to pay atten- really pay attention. And so in Galatians 3.11, the last part of that verse says the same thing. The just shall live by what? Faith. By faith. And then look at Hebrews 10.38. Hebrews 10.38. Now, I'll give you a moment to turn. If not, it, you know, it's on the screen up there. In Hebrews 10.38, the first part of that verse says, The just shall live by what? By faith. And then, if that's not enough, we'll go to Romans 1.17. Romans 1.17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by what? By faith. That's got to be important. God keeps saying that to us over and over and over again. Wouldn't you agree that's pretty important? The just shall live by what? By faith. So that's something to remember when times are turbulent. When things in your life are turbulent. That's what the Lord would say to you. The just will live by what? By faith. Now if you look back at that Verse, verse 17 there, Romans 1, 17. Notice, before we get to the last part of it, where it says the just shall live by faith. Notice it talks about from faith to faith. You notice that? From faith to faith. And the reason that I wanted to point that out to you is that there's different types of faith. 
you know, there's different types of faith. As you look into the scripture, of course, you have the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then as you further look into the scripture, you see that there's saving faith, saving faith. And, you know, the book of Ephesians, if you, you can turn there if you, if you like, Ephesians 2 verse 8. And this is, this is the most important aspect of faith. Because it's the, it's the kind of faith that keeps you out of hell and makes heaven available to you. It's called saving faith. Notice Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. See, that's saving faith. That's the most important kind of faith. That's when you repent of your sins and you place your faith. And faith is just, just trust. Another way to say faith is trust. People have asked me, well, what is faith? Well, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. A lot of people don't understand that. So I, I, I say it in a way you can understand it. Real loud, say trust. trust. See, faith is just trust. It's, it, it's believing. It's, it's believing on the Lord, not from your head, but from your heart. Do you understand that? And that, and that's saving faith. You're saved by grace through faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turning from a sinful lifestyle. And placing your faith in the Lord Jesus, you see, then you get saved. But then also, the Bible talks about the laws of faith. Now, we're not going to get into all that today, but the laws of faith, you know. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? Does anybody know? The Word of God. And faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith is released through words and actions. So, you know, we have saving faith and then we have the laws of faith. And then the Bible talks about a spirit of faith. A spirit of faith. Um, have you ever heard of Joshua and Caleb over in the Old Testament? You know, they were two of the spies that went out to spy out the land. And when, when all the spies came back, you know, there was a whole bunch of the spies had a negative report. But Joshua and Caleb came back and they said, we're well able to take the land. See, they were positive. They were upbeat. We can do what God said we can do. You see, they had a spirit of faith. I like to hang around people that have a spirit of faith. How about you? You know, uh, another person is David. Remember David when, how many remembers David and Goliath? The big giant was Goliath, you know. And Goliath is out there and he's defying the armies of Israel. And everybody's afraid of this big giant, you know, and oh, he's so big, we can't, we can't beat him. He's going to just, you know, destroy us all. And David shows up, remember, and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he defies the armies of the living God? He's, in other words, he's saying, let me at him. And how many of you know David went at him? Is that right? And took him down. David had a spirit of faith. I want to hang around people like Joshua and Caleb and David and people like that, you know. I want to have a, a, a spirit of faith. And you know, the laws of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is caught. And uh, so, so, so there's, a, there's a great truth in, in, in understanding the laws of faith. There's a, there's, a, there's a great thing about being around people who have a spirit of faith and, and having that spirit of faith yourself. But what I want to talk to you, I said all that to say this, what I want to talk to you for a few minutes about today, because we all need to hear this, it's sustaining faith, sustaining faith. It's, it's, it's that trust in God 
that gets you through difficult times. It's, it's that, that trust in God that gets you through when politicians are lying and cheating. How many of you know we ought to tell the truth? The whole truth. And what? And nothing but the truth. Is that right? Wouldn't it be refreshing to have a politician that told the truth? And I mean, and we can go all the way back. You can go back to Watergate. You can go all, you know, how many ever heard of Watergate? You know, I mean, you can go all the way back. I mean, I like George Washington, you know, when he, when he chopped down a cherry tree and his mother got on him and he said, I cannot tell a lie. I did it, you know. He was honest, wasn't he? And Abraham Lincoln, you know, he supposedly walked several miles to return some change when the clerk Gave him change back, too much change. Wouldn't it be nice to, you know, honest Abe, wouldn't it be nice just just to tell the truth? The whole truth. And what? Nothing but the truth. Wouldn't that be good? But when everybody around you, you know, is in leadership, lying, cheating, stealing. You know, it's real easy to get down, isn't it? But in that time, you need some sustaining faith. It's that trust in God that gets you through the tough times. What we're facing in this nation now. Some tough times, some difficult times. When people are shooting each other. And that's all you see on the news channels is people shooting one another. It's real easy to get down and discouraged. But sustaining faith, faith in God, faith in the Lord Jesus... Is, is what will get you through. Will, will get us all through tough times. You know, sustaining faith is what gets you through when a negative health report comes. You know, and the doctor says you've got just so long to live. Or you're going to be facing this, this treatment or that treatment. Or, or your child is going to have to go through some sort of thing. You know, those are dark moments. Those are dark times. And it's, it's faith in God. It's, it's, it's that sustaining trust, that, that trust in God that will sustain you and get you through difficult times. Don't ever forget this. The crisis, the crises of life will come to us all. You know what I mean by that? The crises of life will come to us all at one time or another. Don't ever think that you're exempt from the crises of life. Don't ever think that you're exempt from that telephone call. Where there's bad news on the other end of the line. Don't ever think you're exempt from that knock on the door with bad news. Don't ever think that you're exempt from a doctor's report that's negative. I mean, these things come to us all. Something about your child that doesn't go the way that it should, you know. But in those times, you need to remember a message like today. That we can have sustaining faith. Again, there's the laws of faith, and thank God for all of those, but we also need to understand some things about sustaining faith because we all need to be sustained. Don't we? Am I just talking to myself and her? And so a couple of more scriptures. Notice Mark eleven twenty two. Mark eleven twenty two, talking about the just shall live by what? 
by faith, sustaining faith. You see, the just, think about it while you're turning to Mark 11. The just shall live by what? By faith. You see, the just means the righteous. How did you become righteous? How did you become just? By placing your faith in Jesus. But then we talked about what? From faith to faith. So the just, those who have already had that saving faith, now we need to have what? Say say sustaining faith. Sustaining faith. See? So the just, if you got saving faith, you placed your faith in Jesus, then you're the just. You're justified. But then from faith to faith, you need to go from saving faith and grab on to some of this sustaining faith. Notice what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, our Lord and Savior. He said to them, he said, have faith in God. Now, we're not going to read the rest of the verses. If you read the rest of the verses, you would see that Jesus talks about the laws of faith. And over the many years, that, that's great. I've spent many, many messages teaching people about the laws of faith. Did you know that without faith, it's impossible to please God? You know, the book of Hebrews tells us that. And again, what is faith? It's just believing God. From your head or from your heart? From your heart. It's just trusting in Him. Leaning not to your own understanding, just, just, just leaning on Him. That's what true Bible faith is. And in these, you know, if you read Mark 11, verse 23, 24, and so on, you'd see the laws of faith. But so many times the laws of faith, we center so much in on those things which are good. But we skip verse 22. And what did Jesus say in verse 22? He said what? Have faith in God. That is sustaining faith. Have faith in God. In God, when the when the bad news comes, you're going to what? Have faith in God. When the tough time comes, you're going to what? Have faith in God. When a negative report comes over television, what are we going to do? We're going to have what? Faith in God. And then in John 14, Jesus says some more along this line of sustaining faith. He said in John 14, verse 1, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And how many of you know Jesus is God? He's the second member of the Trinity. He said, but he was telling these folk, he said, you believe in, you, I'll put it in my own words, you believe in the Father and that's good, but he said, believe also in me, be, believe also in him. See, that's sustaining, sustaining faith. And then he said, in my father's house or what? Many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, you may be also. I mean, that, those verses have gotten me through a lot of tough times. No matter how bad it is now, there's a bright future ahead for those of us who will Believe in God and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? And oh, what a place he's gone to prepare. I don't know about you, but I'm going to have faith in God. Maybe you're here today and your marriage is on the rocks. I don't know. What are you going to do? You're going to have faith in God. Maybe you're here today and you're facing a negative medical situation. What are you going to do? Have faith in God. 
Maybe Wolf Blitzer is going to come on CNN here in the next day or two with another. How many knows who Wolf is? Okay, he's on CNN. He's a reporter. He comes on with a negative report. No matter what Wolf says or doesn't say, what are we going to do? Have faith in God. Because the just will what? Live by faith. Now notice Hebrews 11.23. We're going to talk for just a moment about Moses. Anybody ever hear of Moses? He, uh, character in the Old Testament, one of the greatest men in the Bible. And you know, you can, you can go in and look at all of the great characters of the Bible and, you know, all the great characters of the Bible at some point in their life needed sustaining faith. But I'm going to just use Moses here for a moment. Notice in Hebrews 11:23 says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, notice here, by faith, by faith, watch this. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than, than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now I'll just throw this in, uh, just for, just throw it in. How many of you know sin is fun? But it's only for a season. And then in the end, it'll kill you. Just thought I'd throw that in. So he choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He looked. What did he do? He looked to the what? To the reward. I mean, that's what Jesus was talking about a moment ago, about the, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place. We need to keep our eyes not so much on the trouble around us, but on the place Jesus has prepared for us. That's what Moses did. He looked for the reward. Notice in verse 27, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. Realize, say endured. See, endured, that, that's sustaining. He, he was sustained. How was Moses sustained? As seeing him who is what? Invisible. That would be God, wouldn't it? That would be the Lord, wouldn't it? So Moses, he had a real easy life. And then he decided, no, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to go do what God wants me to do. And then things got pretty tough and pretty rough. And a lot of people were threatening him. And he was surrounded by d- danger and all sorts of things. What got him through those difficult times? Faith. Realize, say faith. Faith. He looked to the reward, you see, and he endured as seeing him who is invisible. The only way we're going to make it is if we keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? It's the only way we're going to make it is if we keep our eyes on him. Notice now in Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with what? Endurance. See, that's you got to be sustained. You got to endurance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. See, we all have a race. We all have a walk. We all have a, a destiny. We all have, 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 a, have a race, a, a path that we're on, all of us. Everybody in here. And what did I say a while ago? The crises of life will what? Come to us all. And on that path that you have that God's given you to walk, 
you're going to run into some bumps in the road. You're going to run into some difficult situations. All of us do. And the only way that we're going to be able to make it is we're going to have to notice verse 2 here. Look at verse 2. The only way we're going to make it is looking unto who? The author and the finisher of our faith. Let's read verses 1 and 2 again. I want to, I want to get this across to you. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us, and let us run with what? Endurance. The race that's set before us. And when we hit the bump in the road, when we, when we hit the hard time, verse 2, what are we supposed to do? Looking unto? Unto who? Unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What am I talking to you about here today? Sustaining faith. Things that will get you through the tough times. Jesus said have faith in God. Moses kept his eyes on him who is invisible. And right here we see that the only way we're going to be able to endure and make it is if we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know... When I hit hard times, what I usually do is years ago, I made up a list. I went into some study books of mine, and I made up a list, and I looked up all the names of Jesus. All the names of Jesus that there are in the Bible. Somebody said, how come he has so many names? Because he does a whole lot of different things. But he does all things well. You know, a name is a, is a thing by which somebody is known. Uh, a truck driver, right away, that's a name. What do you think about? Somebody who what? Drives a truck. Uh, a, a skier. What do you think about? Somebody skis. Golfer. What do you think about? Somebody that plays golf. Is that right? So a name is, it defines what somebody does. But Jesus has a whole bunch of names because he does a whole bunch of things. And years ago, I was, I was feeling down one time. And, and, and I was thinking about sustaining faith. And the Bible says, keep your, keep your eyes on Jesus. And so I went and it took me quite some time. But I looked up all the names that I could find in the Bible about Jesus, who he is. And, and, and I put them in alphabetical order. And this, this was before the days of computers where now I type it in and the computer will alphabetize it for you. Is that right? Some of you young kids don't know how wonderful it is. You know, I mean, you don't know what... To, I'm talking to some of you younger people. I mean, I remember typewriter typing and, I, and I'd get a whole page done and I left out a word... How many know, remembers that? And you young people don't have a clue. But you have to do the whole page over. Well, you do the whiteout. That never worked real good. I mean, always smudge, you know. And, and nowadays, you've got these word processors. They'll even do the spelling for you. Is that right? See, we didn't have that back in my day. You had to know how to spell. And if you left a word out, you'd have to go type or a sentence out. That, you know, it was horrible. Nowadays, you've got these word processors. And, and they'll even alphabetize things for you. In case you don't know the alphabet. Now, how many in here knows the alphabet? Okay, all right, all right. And so years ago, I put a list together of who Jesus is. 
And I put it in alphabetical order. It took me hours to do it, but I got it. And every once in a while, when, when things get a little tough, things get a little rough, I like to go to the list of who Jesus is. So if, if, if you'll indulge me, that's a big word. If you'll put up with this, for, can I go on just a couple of more minutes? I want you to listen. I'm not boring you, am I? Okay. Because we're talking about sustaining faith, talking about keeping our eyes on Jesus. Let me just read to you, just take a, a couple minutes, of who Jesus is. You ready for this? Are you sure? All right, let me, let me give it to you. He's the advocate, the almighty, the amen, the apostle, the arm of the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith, the beloved of the Father, the bishop, the branch, the bread of life, the bright morning star, the captain of salvation, the chief shepherd, the chief cornerstone, the Christ, the commander in chief. Let me tell you, you know... Uh, hey, there's a commander-in-chief that sits in the Oval Office, but there's a greater commander-in-chief that's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, we ought to respect the guy that sits in the Oval Office or the lady, no matter who it is, but, but I've got more respect for the one who sits at the right hand of God. So Jesus is the commander-in-chief. He, he's the commander of the Lord's host. I mean, he, he runs all the angels. <laughs> he created the angels. Jesus is something else. I'm going to tell you, I, I've been running with him since I've been a little kid. I haven't found anybody better to run with. I'm going to just keep running with him. So he's the commander-in-chief. He's the counselor. He's the daysman. He's the day star. He's the deliverer. He's the door. No one can come to the Father except through him. He's the elect. He's Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's eternal life. He's faithful and true. He's the fairest among 10,000. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. You get in a fiery furnace, let me tell you what, if you won't bow to the devil, let me tell you what, Jesus will show up in the midnight hour when you're in the midst of the fire. And you won't, not, not only will you not get burned, but you'll come out on the other end of that. You won't even smell of smoke. You remember in the Old Testament when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown into the fiery furnace? Remember that? And the king stoked up the furnace about seven times hotter than it was before. How many remembers that? Threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. And sometime later the king came down and he looked into that fiery furnace. Do I feel the preach coming on me? <laughs> and he looked in the fire <laughs> he looked in the fire but it's true he looked in the fiery furnace and he said I see Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego I see three but no I see four I, there's somebody else in there one like unto the son of God and Jesus showed up in the midnight hour in the midst of the fiery furnace glory to God and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they weren't, they weren't burned at all and they, they, they didn't even smell the smoke when they came out of that thing how many remembers that? But do you know what the secret was uh, to being fireproof? You know why they were fireproof? Let me tell you why. Because sustaining faith and, and, and because when the king came to them, now listen to me, Nebuchadnezzar came to him and said, actually he said, bring him before me. So they came before the king. And he said, now there's a, there, there's, there's a law in this land here that when the music plays, you're supposed to bow down to that statue that I had them build of me out there, and you're supposed to worship it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not going to bow down to anybody except the God of heaven. And the king said, well, if you don't bow down when the music plays, you're going in that fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, 
we're not going to bow to you, King. We're not going to bow to you. We're, we're going to remain faithful, and we're going to we're going to sustaining faith. We're going to remain faithful to Almighty God, no matter what. And he said, "Well, he said we're, you're gonna, we're going to throw you in the furnace." And uh, the three guys stood there, and, and here's here's what made them fireproof. Here's what here's what made them fireproof. Said King, we know that our God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. See, that's the attitude a lot of Christians need to get in this land again. I'm talking about the United States. That we're going to serve God no matter what. And we know that he'll deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him. You see, there's a lot of Christians I've run into over the years. Well, we'll serve God as long as he does everything just the way we want him to. And as long as God's doing everything just the way we want him to, and, 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 and as long as everything's going good, then, then, then we'll serve him. But these guys said, we, we know God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down before you, king. And that made him fireproof. And that faith sustained them. They went into the fiery furnace. And Jesus showed up in the midst of the fire and delivered them. Can you say amen? Amen. Isn't that wonderful? So let's pick up with the F's here. He's the fourth man. He's the foundation. He's the friend of sinners. Jesus loves sinners. He wants them to repent and get saved. He's the gift of God. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's God's dear son. He's the governor. He's the good shepherd. He's the head of the church. He's the high priest. He's the holy one of God. He's the hope, the only hope that this nation has. It doesn't sit in the Oval Office and it doesn't, whoever wins this next next election, the hope of this nation is Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I just said? I didn't stutter. The hope of this nation is Jesus Christ. He's the one this nation was founded on, and he is the hope of this nation, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's Jehovah. He's Jehovah Jireh, the provider. He's Jehovah Rapha, the healer. If you need healing today, Jesus is your answer. He's Jehovah Shammah, means he's there at all times. He's Jehovah Nisi, he's victory. He's Jehovah Shalom, he's peace. He's Jehovah Sid Canoe, that means righteousness. He's the Lamb of God, the light of the world, the lily of the valley, the living stone, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord, he's the master, the mediator, the Messiah. He's mighty to save, he's the morning star, he's the most holy, he's the only begotten of the Father, he's the only wise God, he's the power of God, he's the prince of peace, he's the propitiation of our sins, he's the rabbi, he's the redeemer, he's the resurrection and the life, he's the righteous judge, he's the rock of our salvation, he's the rose of Sharon, he's the son of man, he's the son of God, he's God the son, he's the sure foundation, he's the teacher, he's the vine, he's the way, the truth and the life, he's the wisdom of God, he's wonderful, he's the word of God, he's the one which is, which was and is to come, can you say amen? Glory to God. He's the one that walks on the water. He's the one who calms the storm. He's the one who does all things well. He's the ever-present help in time of trouble. Did you hear me? He's the healer. We, we said that. I tell you what. I told you a while ago I've been running with God since I've been a kid and I hadn't found anybody better to run with. I tell you what. 
you hadn't lived until you've walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. You talk about fun. Let me tell some of you young people what fun is. Fun is serving the Lord. I'm not, I'm not talking about the, that, the, 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 I'm not talking about religion here. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the Son of God. I'm talking about the one who showed up on the Isle of Patmos when John was there imprisoned. And he heard behind him a sound of many waters like a trumpet. That's what Jesus' voice is like. It's like many waters. It's like a trumpet. And, 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 he, and he turned to look. And when he saw Jesus, I tell you what, Jesus manifests himself and you're going to bite the dust. You'll be, I mean, you'll be down on the ground. And that glory. Awesome power. But yet at the same time, you've got that glory and that power. You've got gentleness and love and kindness all mixed into one. You talk about fun. I mean, I've done some sporting things in my life and I've had fun, but you talk about fun. There's nothing like serving the Lord and getting in some of these healing lines like we've had in here over the last 20 years and the power of God starts flowing. First time I felt the power of God, I was, uh, let's see, I was about 19 years old. And I was raised in the Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptist. But I remember I laid, in, I laid sick all day in, 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 on my mother's couch. And I heard they were having a meeting here in, in the Fenton area. And I went over to, to this certain church. I'd never been in a church like what we have now, uh, where the Holy Ghost was free to move and the power of God was, was, was in manifestation. I'd never been in, in anything like that. And I went in there, and, and, and at the end of the service, the preacher, much like what we have here today, he, he, he called me out of the crowd. He shared some things with me, and I felt the power of God for the first time. Somebody wants to know, well, what, is it, what does it feel like? And I can't always feel it, but I tell you what, once in a while, it's like heat. It was like electricity. I felt like electricity on me. And I tell you what, say whatever you will, but, but, but when that, that power was on me and when it lifted, something else was gone. That fever that I had that whole day, that sickness that I had, it was gone. Can you say amen and so that interested me and I began to seek God and and serve God over the years and then God eventually gave 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 us a ministry and gave us a healing ministry and we began to flow with the healing anointing and there's nothing like it dear friends there's nothing like I mean I think about some of these healing lines that we had in here I think about one girl that was in here one day she had a big old knot on the back of her neck like a golf ball and, and, and the Lord just instructed me on the inside. He just, just slapped the thing. You remember? And I just slapped it. And I cursed it. Said it. I didn't hit her that hard. But I, <laughs> but I smacked it. Said I cursed it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now I can't heal anybody. Nobody can heal anybody except Jesus. It was the power of God. The power of God hit that thing. And within 24 hours it was gone. Can you say amen? And I could tell you story after story after story after story. I could stand here for hours and tell you how Jesus has healed people for the last 20 some odd years in this ministry. Serving God, there's nothing like it. I, I called a remembrance that one day and don't think about me, think about Jesus because I can't heal anybody. Say amen. But I go to this story sometimes because it's so interesting. I remember there was a certain day there was a man in here. He had fibromyalgia. How many has ever heard of that? I can't spell it. I don't really know even what it is, but it's not good. A very intelligent man. 
And he'd gotten to the point where this had affected him so that he couldn't even find his way home from, from the city of St. Louis back out here in the county. He was very intelligent, but this fibromyalgia had him where he, he couldn't, he'd have to call his wife, get directions to come home. And, and we had a healing line one day, and we just have him as the Lord leads and directs. And, and, and I knew that he had this, but, but he didn't come in the line. And so I just felt impressed to the Spirit of God. You know, we need to be led by the Spirit, you know. And I just went over to him. He was over in this area here. And I just went over to him. Now, I won't hit you as hard as I hit him, but I slugged him pretty good. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you want me to hit you real hard? Okay. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I said, be healed. I whapped him one. I can't heal anybody. Instantly healed. Can you say amen? You want to hear another one? Okay, I'll give you another one. I remember we came to the end of a service, and I'm just about ready to close here. Hold on with me. But I came to the end of a service. And I'm standing here looking at you and at the crowd, rather, and they was looking at me. And I was looking at them, they was looking at me. And I just felt like God wanted to do something. So I was just getting ready to close, and the power of God came on me. You haven't lived till the power of God comes on you. Explain that to me, Pastor. How do you, I, I can't explain. Just the power of God came on me. And I ran around the room. I'm not going to do that now, but I ran around the room. Ran around the room. Now hold off on that one. I'll tell you another one. I will come right back to it. I remember the day uh, there's this lady, Vivian. How many remembers Vivian? Took her about five minutes to walk from the back of the church up to the front. Her back was, I remember she was coming up just barely able to move. We're talking, about, we're talking about serving a living Savior who's still just as much alive today as he's ever been. And she couldn't hardly move. And, and we prayed for her. And when I got done praying for her, it looked like nothing, nothing, looked like nothing happened. I just felt impressed. I said, walk that way. And so she took off this way. And I went on praying for other people. And she walks her. And she gets back about back where the sound booth is. And we had more chairs in back at that time. And I tell you what, uh, the crowd just erupted back there. People jumping, going on, going crazy. The power of God hits her and heals her right on the spot. She's running around the room. Can you say amen? amen. Well, I think all kinds of things. Remember that day that guy was in here and his heel got healed. Remember that? How many of you like to have your heel healed? <laughs> Another guy was in here one day. He had broken his foot on a motorcycle accident. And the power of God hit his foot and healed his foot. He started running around. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Jesus loves people. But I remember the power of God came on me. I ran around a room and got up here and did a little jig. And, and I'm, I don't dance very well to start with. I guess I do better when the power of God comes on me. And then I stopped and I looked at the people and they looked at me. And I looked at them and they looked at me. And I had just run around a room and I felt like a fool. So I got home and I asked my wife. I said, did I look like a fool tonight? She never has answered me yet. She... <laughs> the next day, the call comes in. There was a lady sitting back off over here in the back row, back in the back. And I didn't know it. She had, her belly was blowed up like a basketball. It had been for several days. She hadn't been able to eat. Her name was Marie. And, and she said that when I ran by her, now I can't heal anybody. We're talking about serving God, how cool it is to serve God. When I ran past her, she said, she called in and told my assistant, she said, it was like heat jumped off on me. Heat, see, heat. 
She said, my belly deflated, and I was able to go out and eat that night. Can you say amen? amen? See, when I get into tough times, when I get down, when I get to feeling low, I start thinking about Jesus. I start thinking about who he is. I start thinking about all the things that he's, that he's done and has done and is doing. And, you know, and it, it sustains me. It gets me through. That's what we need to do in this hour. Let's close in 2 Corinthians verse 4. Verse 8. This is in the New Living Translation. It will be on the screen. Tell you what, serving God is fun. It really, really is. 2 Corinthians 4, 8. New Living Translation. The Apostle Paul writing. And he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not what? What do you think kept him from being crushed? Sustaining faith. Here you have a just man, but he's living by faith. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down. See, in the time he lived, being a Christian, where he was, you could get killed for it. We're hunted down, but never what? Abandoned by God. We're knocked down, but we're not what? See, there's a man who has sustaining faith. And then let's skip to verse 13 for the sake of time. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God and I spoke. And as you study the Psalms, those all, the psalmist, David, and all those over there, they had sustaining faith. Those Psalms will get you through tough times. Did you get anything out of this today? They're going to throw Hebrews 13.6 on the screen. And I'm going to just close with a confession here. This comes from the Psalms. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I'll not fear what can man do to me. Why don't we just close the service by saying that boldly. Say this. Say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? One more time. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, with the Lord being our helper, we don't need to be afraid of man or beast. Is that right? If you're visiting today, I hope these healing testimonies I shared didn't freak you out. But you know, Jesus is still in the healing business. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And listen, guys, let me tell you something. You want to go to a church where they're not just trying to entertain you. You want to go to a church where the word of God is being taught and where the power of God is flowing. That's what you need in this, in this, in this hour in which this nation has come to. Did you hear me? You need, a, you, need, you need the power of God. Amen. Say, the Lord's my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Hey, so we talked about sustaining faith today. Let this faith sustain... Let your faith sustain you in difficult times. Did you get anything out of this? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, stand with me if you would. Okay. Stand with me if you would. And, and I don't need the music today. That's fine. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus... 
That's the most important thing. Remember, it says the just shall live by faith. The Bible says that. The just shall live by faith. We talked about sustaining faith today, but before you can get to that, you need to have saving faith. You need to become the just, the righteous. How do you do that? By placing your faith in Jesus. So if you're here today and you've never done that, when I dismiss in just moments from now, 